Week 17 of the 2020 NFL season sees the Tampa Bay Buccaneers close out with a home contest against NFC South Division rivals, the Atlanta Falcons. Aaron Freeman, the host of the Locked On Falcons, joins me as we take a closer look into what could be the Buccaneers' 11th win of this year's regular season. This is the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, Bucks Nation, to today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the game. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. I'm your host, David Harrison. This is Crossover Thursday, so James Yarko is off for today's episode, but you can still find him over on Twitter at jyarko underscore bucks. Find me at dharrison82. Find everything we are writing about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers over at bucksnation.com, part of SB Nation. And then, of course, you can find us five days a week coming to you here at the Locked on Bucks podcast. As I said in the pre-roll, guys, we're taking a look deeper into this Week 17 matchup, the Buccaneers hosting the Atlanta Falcons to end the regular season two years in a row. But what a difference a year makes as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have already clinched a playoff spot. The Atlanta Falcons are looking to clinch their NFL draft position. And of course, their future in flux as the GM is going to be new. Their coaching staff presumably will be completely different from what this year is. Raheem Morris most likely coaching his final game as the head coach, the interim head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. And then what's going to be of Julio Jones? Trade rumors are swirling around the, the all-pro future Hall of Fame wide receiver. And then, of course, quarterback Matt Ryan also in, in question here in the near future. We're going to dive into some of that with Aaron, but we've got all offseason guys to talk about the future of the Atlanta Falcons with our good buddy from the NFC South. So for right now, let's dive right into this weekend's matchup and welcome onto the show Aaron Freeman, the host of the Locked On Falcons podcast. All right, guys, and I am joined now by Aaron Freeman, the host of the Locked On Falcons podcast on Twitter at Falcfans. Aaron, it hasn't been that long since we had we got to talk last, but I mean, we had to go through the majority of the season before we had to talk at all. So how are you doing coming off of week 16? How are you feeling coming into week 17? I feel pretty good. It's interesting that the schedule makers seem to do this a lot with the Falcons, where they just basically like cram all their NFC South games into a couple of weeks. There was like three weeks between their two Panthers games. There was two weeks between their two Saints games. And now there's two weeks to get between their uh, Bucks games. And so I'm kind of used to this. But uh, I'm sure to maybe some of your listeners, this is a little strange to hear my voice so frequently on Locked on Bucks. <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's many worse voices they could hear, so they should feel uh, they should feel blessed to have your voice on here. I mean, the Buccaneer schedule was was very similar. I mean, uh, Saints week one and then week nine and then Panthers week two and then week 10. So, I mean, starting off the first and the second half of the season with the Saints Panthers and then here you have the Falcons two out of the final three weeks and back to back seasons finishing the season in Tampa against the Falcons, or at least the regular season. Um, but Aaron, last time we talked, we talked about future concerns first. So I want to flip it around. We're going to get right into the game on the top of this here. First, we have the initial injury reports coming out from both the Bucks and the Falcons, Julio Jones, and we're going to dive more into him on, uh, later on here. 
uh, not practicing, still with that hamstring injury. I assume he's not playing. What's the latest, and what are your expectations for Julio this weekend? Yeah, it, it's still up in the air with Julio Jones. I, I think all along I've been expecting the Falcons to try to basically save Julio Jones for this specific game. So the last couple of weeks when they're, they've been talking about you know him playing and being a game-time decision, I was always a little skeptical. I'm like, he's not playing. But this week I think there's at, at least a chance, you know, I won't be as quick to dismiss it, but time will tell. He sat out Wednesday's practice. I think really the situation is going to be the hope is if if he is practicing on a limited basis on Thursday, I think there's a good chance he'll play. Uh, really, the key is going to be that Friday practice and, and whether or not he can get on the field. Uh, if not, uh, then they will shut him down. Um, and we'll just sort of have to see the Calvin Ridley show once again and whether or not he can uh, continue to build off of and, and build his legacy uh, as he continues to tear several teams a new one these last couple of weeks. Absolutely. Another great Alabama wide receiver for that Atlanta franchise. Um, and of course, Julio didn't play the last time the Bucks and Falcons played. He didn't play against Kansas City Chiefs either. And let's go back to Kansas City real quick. I want to jump straight to the final possession of the game for the Falcons. Um, a lot of folks are going to hang that loss on young way which I get to a certain extent, but the Falcons offense, and I know you're just reliving history, but for the Bucs fans who maybe didn't watch that game, Falcons offense has the ball at the Chiefs 28-yard line with one minute to play, two timeouts in Raheem Morris's pocket. Uh, I mean, really, they get to the 28 with a minute 19 on the clock. They go no huddle, end up with an incompletion at 54 seconds, so a 25-second incompletion there. Uh, Dirk Cutter dials up a run to get a first down to the Chiefs 26-yard line. That's fine, but still no timeout. They go no huddle. Uh, so Gurley gets first down. Then there's 50 seconds on the clock, and Atlanta has two timeouts when that happens. They don't use one. Instead, they run the clock, snap the ball, then with 33 seconds left on the clock. Uh, now, Fortune does favor them there because they catch the Chiefs with too many guys on the field and offsides. But Calvin Ridley drops the touchdown pass, no timeouts. Uh, that could have gone down as one of the more genius moves, honestly, in Week 16 if Ridley makes that catch and they catch the Chiefs kind of unprepared. Um, instead, they end up burning 17 seconds to get five yards on the defensive penalty, which puts the clock then under 30 seconds. Still two timeouts, though. Um, and then in, in, in classic dirt cutter fashion, they go three straight passes. And unfortunately, three straight incompletions. Uh, the Chiefs, so every single snap, man, Chiefs blitzing. They're in soft pass coverage on each and every play during that during that three-play drive or that three-play series there. Cutter and Ryan don't take the opportunity to get more yards on a run, get closer for the field goal. Instead, they take the two timeouts with them to the end of the game. Uh, young way who barely misses that 39 yard kick. And I mean, and again, revisionist history is always perfect. Right. But if, if you look at that kick, it's good from 35. Um, so if they even take the opportunity to check into a run on one of those blitz heavy defenses that the chief showed them pick up three to five yards with Todd Gurley or with Brian Hill or whoever, um, I, you know, they potentially win or they don't win that game. They go to overtime, then who knows what's going to happen. So take us back to that final drive, Aaron, what you were thinking as you're watching it unfold and then how you feel about it, looking at it again with, with the 2020 lens of, of hindsight. Well, David, it's interesting that you broke it down because I've reached the point with the Falcons where, you know, nitpicking their game management has, has been such an issue for them that it's at this point, it's just like, Oh, they're, they're bad at it. Okay cool like you know it's not even a big deal it's just, <laughs> it's just water off a duck's back as they say so um you know re-watching i watched the film of that final drive and just sort of seeing the offense look discombobulated um on those final plays and maybe some missed throws some missed opportunities there and it, it's weird because in part it seemed like they were trying to score but at the same time they were kind of playing for the field goal so I, I feel like the, the the team wasn't necessarily knowing what they wanted to do. Um, and it was like 
one part of it was maybe pulling towards let's just get the the points and send this thing in overtime um and and see if we can extend this game and then there's another part that's like no we need to go out there and win it because overtime is not guaranteed and then you know and at least based off how fans think about this thing then there's the other part uh maybe not this doesn't exist with the players and the coaches but the other part is like maybe we should try to lose this game uh in order to uh you know improve our draft status so you know you know i i don't think that was on the forefront of the minds of, of the players and coaches but maybe in the back of their minds uh there was some nagging thought that you know should we try really hard to win this game and, and maybe put our best foot forward i don't know but um yeah it's just one of those things where looking at it it's just like yeah they they had an opportunity there late in the game uh could have managed that much much better and at least send it in overtime and at least made you know people stand up and listen and say, Hey, you know, the Falcons took this, this chiefs team down to the wire, you know, given the Falcons history, they would have lost it in overtime. <laughs> I'm pretty confident that there was no chance they were going to pull that out, but you know, it, it's just the nature of the beast. But um, yeah, it was just not pretty there at the end of the game. He is Aaron Freeman, the host of the Locked On Falcons podcast. I am David Harrison, one of your hosts here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. And guys, you already know football is a week-to-week business, and football podcasting, honestly, is also a week-to-week business. And just a couple of weeks ago, our friends over at betonline.ag reached out to David Locke and said, we want to be a part of what you've got going on, and they became our exclusive betting partner here at the Locked On Podcast Network. So when you're getting ready for football, whether it's college football, NFL playoff seating, the playoffs coming up, whether it's bowl season, Clemson and Ohio State, Alabama and Notre Dame, whatever you're getting ready for, there's only one place that has you covered, one place we want Locked On listeners to go, and that is betonline.ag. And you can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. But if you use promo code Locked On and make a deposit, you will get a 50% welcome bonus obviously if you're a Buccaneers fan you want to go put some money on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you can do so at betonline.ag but there's also some other prop bets that you might find interesting for example will the AFC team or the NFC team win the Super Bowl it doesn't even matter which team just conference the AFC is currently projected to be a three and a half point favorite no matter who the team is to be quite honest with you will Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph make contact with each other before or after the game from the Steelers Browns game Mason Rudolph getting the start there for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right now, you've got five to one odds that, yes, in fact, Miles and Mason will make contact with each other before or after the game. Or do you think we might have a little bit of a repeat of last season? Will Miles Garrett be flagged for a personal foul after contacting Mason Rudolph in the game? Right now, he's got four to one odds that, yes, he will be flagged for a personal foul for a hit on Mason Rudolph. So if you want to take that action, you can go ahead and take that too. And there are multiple other prop bets and game bets, standard lines. Win losses, over unders. You can take the points. You can leave the points. Whatever you want, you can do it all over at betonline.ag, guys. And again, use the promo code Locked On, and you will get a fifty percent welcome bonus to your deposit when you sign up at your online sportsbook experts. Betonline.ag. Back now, guys, to get into segment two here of our crossover Thursday. And just like we were talking about betonline.ag before the break, if you're betting on any of this weekend's action, it doesn't have to be a guessing game. All you got to do is listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get their daily picks, quick hitting advice, and you can make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by the betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. Let's continue our talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons facing off in week 17 and bring back on our conversation with Aaron Freeman, host of the Locked On Falcons podcast. Week 15, you know, the, the Falcons obviously had the Bucks on the proverbial ropes, uh, it seemed, the last time they faced off, and then a bad second-half team came out against a good second-half team. Tom Brady put together a record-setting second half for the Buccaneers to get that win in Atlanta. 
What do you take away from that game, though, that might give you confidence the Falcons could come out and prevent the Bucs from clinching the fifth seed on Sunday? Well, the, the main takeaway from that game specifically was that all year long, the Falcons had really struggled mightily when Julio Jones was out of lineup. Their offense just stopped working. They couldn't throw the ball. Um, and I think seeing that Buccaneers game to, to basically see for the first time this season, and we saw it again this past week where they were able to at least be functional in, uh, and, 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 you know, obviously they only scored 14 points against the Chiefs, so it wasn't as if they had a, a massive offensive day, but they were able to move the ball against that uh, Chiefs uh, defense, uh, just couldn't quite get enough points there. But seeing this Falcons offense be functional without Julio Jones really was a revelation. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily due to play design. I know one of the things I talked about on Lockdown Falcons uh, following that week was maybe the Bucks' defensive game plan might have played a little bit into it. But I, it was impressive to me watching Calvin Ridley really cook those guys and Russell Gage make a couple uh, of plays, particularly on, on early in the game. And sort of it, it gave me some confidence that, OK, this Falcons offense can function without Julio Jones and, and actually give this team a chance to win, because I was not particularly optimistic that the Falcons would even be that competitive against the Bucs the last time, just because of how poor their offense had been uh, with Julio out of the lineup. So and I also thought the other main factor until the very end was that the Falcons offensive line held up much better against that Bucks pass rush than they did the two times they played him in 2019 where the Bucs had six sacks and 14 hits. I think they only had uh, three sacks and, you know, maybe seven hits uh, in, in this most recent game, which is not a great number, but relatively speaking, you know, you're basically cutting the Bucks pass rush production in half. And most of those came at the very end of the game where the Bucs were able to pin their ears back and get after the quarter. So that is still a concern, but the fact that the Falcons offensive line really held their own for basically three and a half quarters, I think was a very promising sign uh, for this team. So, both of those things give me a, a lot more confidence that if the Falcons are going to need to be able to score, you know, 20 plus points against this Bucks uh, defense, I think they will, they have the capability of doing that. Yeah. I mean, definitely some good pieces there. And then of course the Buccaneers also have some pieces of their own. Uh, Mike Evans has been one of those pieces during some of these down years that has still kind of been able to shine through, through the haze. And he just needs 40 yards in week 17, Aaron, to become the first receiver in NFL history to notch seven straight thousand yard receiving seasons to start his career, surpassing Randy Moss, who had six. And Evans is currently tied with those six thousand yard uh, receiving seasons. Do you expect the Falcons to do anything special to try to keep that from happening? I mean, there's been Bucks fans talking about the Falcons are going to triple team Mike and just pass interfere with everything that comes his way to keep him from getting a catch. Uh, no, you know, the Falcons are, have had many records set against them, so I, I don't think they feel particularly compelled to stop this one. This is not one that I, I you know, I, I think probably that's news to most Falcon fans as you say that is like, oh, well, this is a thing. Like, we we get up for when the Saints are trying to set records and we yeah. definitely want to stop them, but you know, when the Bucks do it, it's like, uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bucks but, fans will be happy to hear that. So, <laughs> but it, it's no, I, I think really the situation with the Falcons is you know, Mike Evans really gave them a lot of problems. Um, and you know, it's just the Bucks have too many capable receivers, whether it's Chris Godwin, whether it's Antonio Brown, whether it's Scotty Miller. So, it's really hard to focus on one guy because any one of those other guys are capable of ripping you a new one, particularly Godwin in this case. And I know Brown had a couple of big catches. Miller had a couple of key plays in that last game. So I, I think the Falcons are just going to play it as vanilla as they can. If, if that means Mike Evans goes off, then Mike Evans goes off. But I think really the formula for the Falcons success is maybe Mike Evans having a monster day and nobody else doing anything. And if they can do that, if they can basically 
make it so that only Mike Evans is making plays and you don't see Chris Godwin making the big plays. You don't see a 46 yard touchdown uh, of Antonio Brown going up against an undrafted rookie, really getting his first uh, extended action of the year. You know, if they can eliminate those types of plays, um, then I, I think the Falcons would be good if Mike Evans, you know, putting up these monster numbers and securing whatever records that he's in line to make, uh, because I think, you know, potentially that's a winning formula. You know, when you make teams one dimensional, even if that one dimension is throwing the ball to Mike Evans a lot, uh, which is, is not nothing, but. You know, that that generally is a formula for success in this league because you have to be dynamic. You have to spread the ball around because, you know, defensive coordinators, defensive players are just too good if you're just basically going to throw the ball to one player the entire game and, and, and try to win that way. Absolutely, which is why despite the fact that Mike Evans has six straight thousand yard receiving seasons, this is, will be his first year in the playoffs. So uh, Bucks fans obviously hoping to see Mike Evans get that get that record. And I mean, I am too. He's, he's a good guy, puts in a lot of work, keeps his head down in a, in a league full of many diva receivers, kind of like Julio, you know, just goes kind of goes to work and lets his play do the talking for him. Um, Aaron, as you know, the Falcons currently in the fourth spot for the NFL draft could fall all the way to the 10th spot with a win, give or take or rise to the third spot if Houston somehow beats the Titans, in which case the Dolphins would then own Houston's first pick, or they do own it, but then it would be a little bit further down. Um, Atlanta is, of course, a losing team, right? Presumably a completely new front office coming in in 2021. I don't think anybody ex expects Raheem Morris to be retained. Uh, Julio Jones reportedly on the trading block. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan speculation is going to fill up a lot of Locked On Falcons podcasts this offseason. Where do you stand on the debate that we always have every season, and, and Bucks Nation is very familiar with it, of losing now for a better future or winning now because you, uh, as Herm Edwards famously once said, play to win the game. How do you, how do you see this coming into week 17? Uh, yeah, I mean, this has been a topic of discussion quite a bit on Lockdown Falcons already. So you're right. It's going to even be a bigger issue uh, in the coming months as the Falcons make changes to their front office and, and, and coaching staff and whatever philosophy those people have. Uh, frankly, my stance is like either way works for me. You know, there are pros and cons to both. Um, you know, you, as, as you say, as Herm says, you know, you try to win games and winning, I think cures a lot of problems. And so one strategy of, of sort of, you know, keeping the pieces and kind of reloading the team, uh, with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones still sticking around, gives you a better chance of winning in 2021 in the short term. Uh, but maybe could create some problems long down the road where you're basically just punting the inevitable rebuild, you know, to, to several, you know, a couple of years down the road. Uh, if, if you can't necessarily take advantage of these quote unquote twilight years of Matt Ryan and, and become a, a consistent playoff team uh, in the meantime. Um, and then you also have the, the flip side of that is basically, you know, quote unquote, gutting the roster, doing the rebuild strategy uh, where you just kind of tear it down and, and, use Matt Ryan and, and Julio Jones as trade pieces to get back picks with the idea that, yeah, we might lose initially, but in the long term, we'll have the freedom to completely rebuild this team. And I think either path makes sense. There's again, pros and cons to both. Um, you know, it's just, you're weighing short-term value versus long-term value. And ultimately I don't necessarily have a preference. I, I guess if you're asking me, like, if I was in the shoes, what decision I would make, you know, look, I, I think the NFL is not for long, so I'm not going to necessarily sacrifice wins in the in the short term uh, for long -term, potential long term gains, um, because so much of that is is hinged on unknowns. And, you know, I'm not necessarily going to risk my job. I, like, I want to win games. But, um, you know, ultimately, if the new regime goes in a different direction, like, I, I won't have any problems with it, because, again, that I do think that makes a lot of sense. Um, given some of the, the 
shortcomings that this Falcon team has had and, and wanting to basically get a fresh start and, you know, remove any doubt that, you know, any of that 28 to three stink uh, that, you know, lingers over the Falcons, at least here in Atlanta, we don't talk too much about, but anytime I have a conversation with anybody outside of the state of Georgia seems to always manage to bring it up. Uh, ho- however, some way, but uh, you know, I think there is, reasons for the Falcons to go in either direction. Uh, and basically I'm kind of in wait and see mode to see what the new regime uh, decides to do. One more segment here on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Crossover Thursday, Aaron Freeman of the Locked On Falcons podcast on Twitter at Falcfans. Joining me, David Harrison on Twitter at DHarrison82. One of your hosts of the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Built Bar with 18 amazing flavors, guys. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar you will ever try in your life. It's the best It's the best protein bar I've ever tasted in my entire life. They've got some amazing flavors like cookies and cream, cherry barcia, double chocolate, mint brownie is a classic in this household. Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, but high protein, high fiber. Great for anybody trying out or on the keto diet, trying to maintain that keto diet. If you look at the cookies and cream bar, one of my favorites, it's got 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, and just four grams of net carbs. And guys, you can continue to take advantage of this amazing relationship that the Locked On Podcast Network has built with BuiltBar.com. Thanks to people like you. Use the promo code LOCKED at BuiltBar.com. You'll get 20% off of your next order of, again, the most amazing, the, the most delicious protein bar you will ever try. Again, that's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Back now to wrap up our crossover Thursday. David Harrison here of the Locked On Bucks podcast, joined by Aaron Freeman of the Locked On Falcons podcast. Once you're done here, guys, once you're done with the week's shows, don't forget, as you get ready to watch football on Sunday morning, there is a Sunday pregame show that talks about every single game, every single team in depth. Check out the Locked On NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football every Sunday morning with host Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Yours truly has made a couple of guest appearances on the show as well, so you never know when you might see my ugly mug pop up. Follow and subscribe to Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live. Again, that's every Sunday morning, the Locked On NFL Sunday live morning show at 11 a.m. Eastern. Of course, you can watch all of that to get primed for the Buccaneers' final regular season game, knowing that there is still football in your future as a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. To finish up our conversation of what we're going to see Sunday in Raymond James Stadium, let's bring back on Aaron Friedman of the Locked On Falcons podcast. Do you believe that there's there's any any fire to the smoke that Julio might be out of Atlanta during this offseason? And if it actually happens, where do you think is, is, a, is a potential landing spot? I mean, I feel like you're a guy who would want to see Julio go have success, even if it's outside of the Falcons. Uh, because of everything he's done for Atlanta. Uh, while I know some Atlanta Falcons, I mean, there's there's some of those guys in every every fan base, right, are not going to want to see him have success outside of a Falcons uniform. Uh, what are your thoughts on those quote-unquote rumors as they stand right now? Yeah, I mean, uh, this, again, it's been something we talked about quite a bit on a lot of Falcons the last couple of days. You know, I think it's possible. I don't think it's likely. I, I, I think it's going to be hard for a new regime to come in and basically go to the most popular player on the in the city, in the locker room, that is a clear competitor and be like, yeah, we don't want you anymore. Um, And I think it's going to be hard for that new regime to do it, but it is certainly a possibility. It is certainly something that, you know, because of Julio's contract situation where his cap hit next year is like 23 million, but the dead money hit is like 23 million if they were to trade him. So it's kind of neutral uh, if the Falcons were to, to deal him. Um, 
So it does make in some sense, depending on what the salary cap is going to be. And I think that's going to be a, a big X factor in really what the Falcons ultimately do decide to do in both regards to Julio Jones and Matt Ryan this offseason. Um, you know, that's going to play a factor into it. Uh, as for your other question about where I would like to see Julio Jones go in this scenario, um, obviously, I wanted to see him stay in Atlanta. But if I was to be able to facilitate a trade, to me, the perfect place for him to go is Baltimore. Um, who I think could definitely use a, a wide receiver of his caliber. That's the type of player that they were hoping Miles Boykin would sort of turn into. Oh. And it's not to sit here and say that Miles Boykin won't ultimately become a, a very good player for them. But I think Julio Jones just automatically steps in. He, he can do all the run blocking that Baltimore loves to do. He can be that number one wide receiver that Marquise Brown hasn't quite consistently turned into. You know, he just, to me, is a perfect fit in Baltimore. Um, that would be probably the place I would love to see if if the Falcons do ultimately decide to trade him. Yeah, that's a very that's a very interesting answer. Um, I actually posed that question on the Locked On Bucks Twitter page and got some, we got some chargers, uh, we got James said Bengals would, would be uh, an interesting spot. And uh, yeah, but but Ravens is, is definitely a team I hadn't thought of. And that is a very interesting uh, possibility. I think pretty much every NFC fan said AFC. We got yes, one AFC. CFL. <laughs> we got one CFL answer. Somebody wants to see him playing in Canada, which would be interesting. Okay. Right. Well, <laughs> we know there's at least one Canadian fan on Lockdown Bucks. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Aaron, as always, man, I appreciate your insight, sharing your knowledge. Uh, with myself and with Bucks fans. All right, guys, hopefully you enjoyed hearing from Aaron again, two weeks out of the two out of the last three weeks. We've had Aaron Freeman on as the NFL schedule makers decided to hold the Falcons matchups until week 15 and then week 17. Again, uh, bracketed around that Detroit Lions matchup where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers clinched their first playoff berth since 2007. I know a lot of you guys out there in Bucks Nation are still celebrating that, but hopefully you guys are all getting primed for this weekend's matchup. Bruce Arians and that team has already said they're going out there to win. They're going out there for pride. They're going for that 11th win. Last season, this team finished with seven. They're trying to up that by four in just one offseason. No training camp, no preseason, getting it put together, heading at, heading into the postseason with an 11-5 record. Absolutely amazing. And there are still plenty of records up for grabs. Mike Evans still looking for that seventh straight 1,000-yard season to begin his, his amazing NFL career. What you just heard, guys, was just part of the conversation between Aaron and I. Head over to the Locked on Falcons podcast for today's episode. His crossover will also feature the questions he had for me pertaining to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we talked for probably another 10, 15 minutes about this matchup. However, all of the stuff I got from him just about the Falcons filled up the entirety of this episode. Of course, James Yarko and I will be back on Friday, New Year's Day, to talk with all of you guys. So please, if you're out and about celebrating this New Year's Eve, be safe, be smart, be healthy, be kind to one another. Let's kick off 2021 on a high note, on a good note with every single one of you being able to come back Friday morning, Friday afternoon, whenever you wake up and being able to, to dive into this Locked on Bucks podcast. We appreciate your time. We appreciate all the time you guys have given us over the year. Amazing growth. You guys, you guys have gotten us a whole lot of props during this past season. We are one of the shows that has grown year by year by year. It's amazing to me that we even still have as much room to grow as we have, but every single year you guys come through. Bucks fans come through in a big way. We greatly appreciate it. I know I can speak on James' behalf when I say that. So have a happy and safe new year to all of you guys out there. Hopefully we talk to you all on Friday. Again, be happy, be healthy, be safe, be kind to one another. And thank you so much for joining me right here at Locked on Bucks. Hey, Locked on Bucks listeners. Sorry I missed today's episode, but wanted to drop in real fast and tell everyone I wish you all a very safe and very Happy New Year.